bacon a, bit? Yeah, bacon bit. We're doing a bacon bit? I know. Is this the first bacon bit of the year? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's February. It? So we didn't do anything in January. No, we didn't. No. This feels special. This feels new. Hi. This is a bacon bit. <laughs> These are shorter versions of our regular show. Are they, though? Because they're about 45 minutes. I mean, on- we're going to keep this one short because I, I have like a, a direction I want to go with this one. Okay. And we should clarify that Ken said we're doing a bacon bit like right before hitting record. So Zach and I have no idea what we're even talking about. Hi, I'm Zach. <laughs> we don't do that on bacon bits. We're talking oh. politics today. Oh, uh, yes. I just want you guys to yes. know. So we're going to be Nixon up did front it. and honest. <laughs> did what? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still not quite sure. <laughs> but he did it. <laughs> so Kent, yes. What is this bacon bit about? It's not about the Super Bowl, which is very relevant at this time to most people. Yes, yes. It's about something that's special to me. Super Bowl for film nerds. Yeah, the Sundance Film Festival. Which no, that the Super Bowl is the Oscars. This is like yeah. Uh, this mm, is like training come on. camp. We do the, an Oscars show every year, but we're like, are you gonna watch? This is eh. like the draft. This is the draft. This You're is right. the draft. This is, this this is, is the draft. The, the college draft. Yeah. Where like a quarter of the players are good. Yeah. And that's about it. <laughs> and some of them are going to get picked up by the big studio. Or you're going to see on some indie channels later someday. Yeah. But yes, I'm talking about the Sundance Film Festival, which is pretty weird. Like I've been going for a decade at this point and started out. I was just buying tickets, which are generally about 20 to $25. Just for per one movie? movie? Per movie. And with the Sundance Film Festival. We did a whole episode about last this last year. Last year. I'm oh. just trying to catch people up. There's a full episode, Ken jinxed Zach. it by doing a whole episode about Sundance, and then all movies went away. Yeah. I, that I, was like the last major time I was oh, seeing I movies like that. I half that episode. Half? Only half? <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening now, please listen to the whole thing. I it's a, only I had a thing. Uh, half the size <laughs> of a normal episode. But yeah, so yeah, there was a curse, obviously, that happened last year. We don't need to go into that. But mm-hmm. every festival since last March has been digital or canceled. Mm -hmm. And so they did, I think everyone hoped that things would be over by the time Sundance hit, which is always the end of January, beginning of February. Which is the best time to be up in the mountains. Well, it is for tourism reasons because they hold it up at Park City. But it always just seems like there's a huge blizzard and everyone's like, travel's terrible. There always is. It's like a blessing or a curse, depending on who you ask. Mm -hmm. For me, it's a curse because you have to find parking and then walk in the snow forever and find your theater and it's... It's to kind of a hassle movie that you're seeing before. Everyone okay. Else. Yes, precisely. <laughs> because yeah, I've been going as a critic for the past eight years, give or take. And this year they moved it all digital. I didn't know how that would go. I was pretty nervous about a month ago when I requested tickets. And I, once again, you don't know what the movies are. Mm-hmm. You get a one sentence description and an image usually, and that's it. No trailer. And so it's kind of like luck of the draw. In fact, when once again in the well, can't you read all the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes about it, Kent? About thankfully, no. <laughs> there is like no sway or bias or anything. You just have to generally when you go to these movies, you're going to see people walk out of them because they're like, I'm not wasting my time with this. But that is only maybe one to two percent of people in the I'm theater. not wasting my time, but I'm gonna give it a bad review. Yeah, some people uh, do. And, and I apologize. I did listen to the episode, but I don't remember. What is your personal like methodology of picking a show? Uh, I look for horror first. Yeah. I also look at the sections like I'm like, oh, that sounds like it's going to be an awards winner yeah. and will be bought, but maybe won't be shown until November. Yeah. And so I'm going to see that one now. What if there's a big name? I, it depends on the the synopsis. Yeah. Really? Like, because the only time I, I saw a Sundance movie, um, I had the option of seeing the terrible movie I saw or um, the, the the movie with The Rock where it's about wrestling. 
Oh, that they do special screenings, yeah. but it's not a Sundance movie. Yeah, exactly. Fighting with my family. Fighting is with the, yeah, I was about. like, oh, that's yeah. not. A, that's just like that fine. You're premiering this movie they, early. They did that this year again with Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. Warner Brothers is like, hey, here's our big movie. It seems like an indie movie. Hey, everybody, okay, but it's mm, not. But it's yeah. not. No, Kate, you just said. I'll look for the ones that are going to get picked up. How do you know from a one-sentence summary what's going to be picked up? Sometimes it's the charming ones, like if it's a Little Miss Sunshine type movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll go see that because that's going to be a, a like a, a nice, warm movie. And then I'll pick some dark movies, why, like I said. Why the, would you pick it then? He needs to balance. I do need yeah. a balance. Okay. It's, it's, you know, 10 horrible death movies to One Little Miss Sunshine. It's accurate, actually. <laughs> oh. And a lot of like foreign docs or foreign horror that we would not see here ever. Maybe some streaming channels will pick them up, but it's pretty rare. Now, just to, once again, we're recapping a little bit of what we said on the previous yes, uh, we are. Sundance show. Mm-hmm. How many movies total do you think play at a Sundance film festival? Every other year, it's about 120. This then, year, it was 70. It was 70 movies. So yeah, so they trimmed it down. 100. It is usually a week and a half. This time, it was six days. And so how many movies does the average person see I would gather 12. Out of the 120? Yes. I usually see 12 because it's travel time, driving, waiting in line, everything like that. If you pushed yourself at a regular Sundance Film Festival, how many movies could you see? That would be like Emily. Usually she'll like, she bought a pass a couple years ago, I think this year as well. And she will try to see at least 20 in a normal year, which is tough because you have to wait in line an hour for each of these movies. And travel to theaters. Precisely. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm like... I will stay with 12 so my brain doesn't rot. And then I'll be happy. It would ter- be terrible to be one of those uh, other movies that no one went to go see. Mm-hmm. That'd be terrible. Well, and sometimes people can see the list of what's not sold out. They're like, I'll see it. And then it just goes nowhere. And yeah. people feel like they wasted their time. And now we're at the point where streaming, you're streaming it right from your TV. So that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. Then it was 12 in person. How many do you think the average person streamed this year? Right. Uh, it's Strom, Joel. A Strom, Strom yes. is the past tense. <laughs> yeah. uh, probably somewhere near 15 to 20 on okay. average. So you're saying people may have watched more uh, movies A higher ratio. Year. Well, if yeah. you cut out waiting in line, you mm-hmm. have no travel. Because a lot of times you might travel from, you know, the, the Rose Wagner Theater right. to the Grand uh, at Salt Lake Community College to the Egyptian in Park City. Yeah. These are all actual theaters. You just yeah, mentioned. they are. I, they're, they're real. And they all show movies at Sundance. And tickets were only $15 this year. And so that was easier. Yes. And the screening times were way better because if you miss a movie last year or any year previous by 15 minutes, honestly, by five minutes, your seat was given away to somebody in the wait list. Mm. Now, if a movie starts at seven, you have up until 10 o'clock to watch. You have a three hour window to to watch your movie. Yes. And so for me, it was nice. Like, I'm like, oh, I have my kids tonight. Oh, they go to bed at 930. Perfect. 931. I'm starting that movie that started at seven. I guarantee you this will not go away. I think so too. Like I think it'll Park be, it'll be a, done for. It'll be a, well, they'll probably still have it, but like I, this a, like a will hybrid. be a supplementary. And maybe it's a, hey, if you want to be featured in person, you have to pay the organization more, but this will never go away. Or you pay more for tickets. Because that sounds awesome and I would participate. Which would they charge more for though? Would they charge for the in-person tickets, like for people to go see it more or they do the streaming is more? I think in person because in person. they do have like you don't pay volunteers, but they have a ton of volunteers. That's they true. have to pay Park City, no, and that's, that's where you could get the director like but to Q&A cover sessions cost, after and stuff like that. To cover the cost, would they want more people going to the theaters and less people watching on streaming? So maybe charge more for streaming. I wonder. There are still going to be the people that watch them in theaters. I, I love and hate this. Mm-hmm. I want the experience. I would want to go see maybe five movies in theaters. See, I don't love seeing a movie in an uncomfortable theater. <laughs> 
because that's what I feel like. No, but half you're of but you're with is. a group. There was a movie I saw. I'll just get right to it. It's called Prisoners of the Ghostland with Nicolas Cage. I'm in. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he was uh, the description that, that is was Zach looking down the list of all the movies, and he's like Nicolas Cage. Check. That one. So that one. a notorious criminal must break an evil curse in order to rescue an abducted girl who has mysteriously disappeared. And it's got Nicolas Cage maiming it up. Uh, prisoners of you, uh, Ghost? Prisoners you, of the Ghostland. Let it. I think we really should now just say. Nicholas Cage, the king of B-movies. That's his full title. Hey, yes. Bruce Campbell still holds that title. No, no. So no. this is like if they took a Kung Fu Hustle type movie, I love Kung but Fu took out like a lot of the zaniness, Aww. but it was, it was still kind of like the same period with strange, strange action. And you put Nicholas Cage in the middle in this suit that would kind of like self-destruct after three days. And it's such a weird movie, but I laughed out loud a few times and I was like, this is the perfect movie for a theater. Like it's gonna self-destruct. Oh. I will tell you about it after the show okay. because there's some weird stuff in here. Okay, but it's the perfect. You don't want to give spoilers on the big yeah bit. perfect cult movie for a theater. And I th- I said I'm missing out because on my own I'm like that was weird. And I looked around and no one was there. Your girls were like, Yeah, Dad, turn it off, <laughs> please. <laughs> Nightmares. This is the fourth horror movie and, in a row, Dad. And then there are other times where I actually didn't want people to come over and watch it with me at my house because I thought they would kind of ruin the experience. Not ruin, but kind of corrupt the watching experience. Because you watch a movie and people say, oh, I didn't really like that immediately. And I go, I kind of need to let that simmer. Mm. Like, it needs to stay with me for a little bit. Like when I was sitting in that one Coen Brothers movie about Hollywood. Uh, what was that called? Uh, oh, just barely? No, it was a couple about three years ago. Years ago. Well, well, the, the most recent yeah, one, though. Yeah. One. With the Channing Tatum. Yeah. Uh, you know the movie I'm talking about. Surf's Up. It's not that. But yeah. Surf's I just remember that movie. <laughs> Penguins. That movie ended and I was like, What? Yeah. Because it wasn't what it was advertised to be. Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. I was the close. Right. Anyway, surf's up, but, hell, Caesar. So some, I, I, <laughs> I guarantee you somebody in that theater got a chuckle of my reaction, you know? Yeah, so exactly. Like, uh, speaking of corruption, Kent. <laughs> oh, we're moving right to the corruption. No, I'm just wondering if I were to have joined you, just sat on the couch and watched all these movies with you, how many of them would I have to talk to my bishop with about watching? That was a terrible sentence. But you so I saw about 26 movies. 26? Uh-huh. How many parts of, of your blog... Oh, I'm only doing three. Okay. Uh, and so I'm, I'm done compiling too. a lot of reviews yeah. and I will be ranking them for the last. But I'm just wondering, like rating wise, uh, in regard to MPA ratings, percentage, what are we talking R to PG-13? I'm doubting there's any G or PG. I would guess they're mostly R, right? That's what I'm guessing. Like they some, are mostly R. Actually, this year, half and half, half PG-13, half R. Really? My favorite movie of the festival and the one that won all the major awards is called CODA. C-O-D-A, mm-hmm. and it was PG-13. I would say it's PG-13 from okay. like my point of view. Yeah. And it was just this uh, charmer. Like it was just an audience favorite. If people saw this in theater, they'd be laughing all together. It's just heartwarming and it's a tearjerker as well. Emily was gushing over this one mm-hmm. on Twitter. Same. Because are you going to give the synopsis of this Yeah, one? so as a coda, child of a deaf adult, Ruby is the only hearing person in her deaf family. When the family's fishing business is threatened, Ruby finds herself between pursuing her love of music and her fear of abandoning her parents. Oh, that's... And oh, so it's like know. personal dreams versus family responsibility here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a relatable... With you know, with a lot of musical numbers that are quite fun. Musical numbers like in... Like, Choir class. Yeah, that, but diegetic kind of in the movie kind of thing. Yes. Okay. So they fit because she's a great singer. And uh, also Fergie Walsh-Pilo, who is in Sing Street. Fergie's in this? For, yeah, Fergie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I really like singing Fergie. clever because Coda is a musical term. Too. Exactly. That's it. Yeah, that's clever. Marley Matlin is the mother mm-hmm. in this she's movie. She's actually hearing impaired in real mm-hmm. life. And this movie is just so sweet and... You know, the parent's a little bit crass 
because they can say whatever they want, right? With sign language. Right. And so they get away with a lot. And it shows, like, it has subtitles and everything, but you're like, oh, man, having those parents would just, uh, they try to embarrass her at, like, every chance they can get. Ah. And it was just absolutely amazing. I loved it. Okay. It is kind of like the formulaic one of the whole Sundance Film Festival, but thankfully. <laughs> you literally said the word formulaic when I read the Coda is one of the most formulaic films of this year's festival. Oh, you read my review on uh, ShowtimeShowdown.com. Yeah, the formulaic seems very anti-Sundance. It's like, oh, let's break the mold. It I'm is show mold. Growing. It is totally, but for some reason, they still let it win the awards because most every other movie I saw, I was like, huh, I couldn't recommend that to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like it appealed to me in many ways, but really, Sundance guys, that was a leap. It's, sometimes it's okay to do the formulaic if you do it right. Well, I mean, Coca-Cola yes. has a formula. That works for a lot of people. Horror yeah. movies have a formula. Rom-coms have a formula. Exactly. And so, yeah, formulas work. can work. If done right. Yes. With good writing, great. Because I tell you what, one th- I, formulaic is a bad term, especially when it's like you can tell exactly where the movie's going and there's no surprises whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That's not good formula. Yeah. So I saw a few horror films, and I always look forward to horror at Sundance because that's where I saw Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Just a few years ago, and I saw it's an uplifting his rom-com. house. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's the corruption and darkness you're talking about, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's those movies where I see it for the first time, and I go, "Wow!" Like only 200 people have seen this movie, and I feel like we're all kind of more evil now. And it's kind of that unique experience where <laughs> it is is that wrong that I want that experience to be evil, to be possessed, to, to be Don't evil, say that. and exclusive. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> Even yeah, I don't like exclusivity. We know that. <laughs> and so this year, Sundance definitely had a theme with its horror. It's like, hey, our, our fans like slow burn. Let's make everything slow burn. Mm-hmm. And sometimes not even pay off. Yeah. Oh. So there are a lot of movies that were just psychological. And I was like, okay, oh, it's going to get awesome. It's going to get awesome. And then it just kind of doesn't. Uh, but there was one formulaic horror film that I really liked. It's called Eight for Silver. Mm-hmm. And eight, this one, eight, like eight, number eight for yeah, silver, eight for silver. And this one, it wasn't even in their midnight like section. Like a pirate movie, kind of is. So it's a nineteen hundred, right? Eight pieces of silver. <laughs> it's a. It takes place in the nineteen hundred. It, it, it's in like early America ish. Like you have rich families and stuff, and there's gypsies they want off their land. And so when there's <laughs> a massacre, yeah, when there's a massacre, well, the gypsies kind of get revenge. They put a curse, a little bit, drag me to hell style. Do they shame her? A little bit. Oh, actually a lot. And this movie immediately goes, like turns freaky. And there's a lot of jump scares, but there's cool creature design. A little too much CG, but the practical effects, and similar to the I, thing. I hear the CG oh. is a little bit spotty. Yeah, which is weird because you don't expect to see CG in any Sundance movie. You hear yeah. that or you just read that on your computer I right now? I just read that on my computer on Showtime Showdown. Hey! Ah, you got his blog up? <laughs> but it's it's quite fun. I really like Date for Silver. I will be watching it again this Halloween. Okay. I don't know if it's been picked up. It's not like a like heavy hereditary type feel it sounds like heavens though. no this is what it sounds you'd like be able like to enjoy it but the blood is pretty harsh is it comedic in nature no okay not at all so this isn't drag me to hell kind of stuff yeah it's it's straight up scary okay which is fun but yeah you'll you'll have to get edited a little bit all right. did it get picked up uh not yet oh whereas coda did get picked up by apple plus for 25 million the highest Ooh. amount anyone any plans ever paid for a movie there right which is weird because they're all just going to streaming now and i don't know if they make their money back or not mm. You also gave a B plus to On the Count of Three. On the Count of Three is very, very sad. Is it? It's two best friends who basically oh, have, they have a I suicide pact. I read your pact. review of this one. Yeah. yeah. And they're very depressed. It's all about like, hey, 
let's take each other out and that's how it's gonna and then at the, at the end of the the, the final day they're going to just take each other well out. yeah they basically give themselves hey we have one day to live we're on borrowed time let's go do crazy stuff we always meant to do and then they just kind of have a friendship like buddy comedy sort it's not a straight-up comedy but there are really funny parts but there's that a lot of darkness thought 100 the whole movie and so that's the urgency of the movie it just hurts a little bit because you're like something's gonna happen at the end i don't know what mm. and it's funny and you fall in love with these two characters and then you find out what's happened to them in their lives to make them want to go and you're like no no please don't and it's so it's it the the script is amazing it did win an award for screenplay oh, so it's gonna be a big hit on valentine's what you're saying. <laughs> you know what's also really harrowing mass so mass it was written by fran kranz m-a-s-s yes okay fran kranz he's on cabin in the woods he's the pothead on cabin in the woods oh yeah yeah he's he was in uh, dollhouse too right yes yeah and uh the end of buffy as yeah, well yeah and he wrote this movie it stars jason isaacs Mar- martha plimpton and dowd and it's just a movie Plimpton. with four people in a like church meeting room. And it's the parents of a... I almost don't know if I want to spoil it because you go into the movie you and they don't. they don't explain what's going to happen. But uh, two sets of parents meet and they're talking about their sons. And there is a horrific tragedy that preceded this by a couple of years. And it is heartbreaking. And Now, he's known for being a little more comedic, but this doesn't sound comedic at all. Zero percent. This is a one-time watch. And oh man, it gets you. It's tear worthy throughout because it's parents. T e a r. Yeah, it's parents uh, grieving. Basically. Oh, by the way, back it, back it, back it, back it, back it, yes. back it up here, Coda. You told me you cried Twi- multiple times Twice. during that movie. Two and that a half. Two and a half times. It's okay. a huge deal. You don't cry in bury movies. the lead. And so, one, get this. One was during a happy song. Ah, <laughs> what? You happy cried? Are you becoming me? I look. You happy cried at a not how to train a dragon movie. I haven't seen a new movie like this in a long time. Yeah. Right? It's been a long time. Also, COVID brain. That's a thing. Yeah. And it was just really special. It was really nice. So I'm going to ball my eyes out. Yeah, saying. you're going to yeah. ball your eyes out. Um, you bring up uh, one of my questions I had for you. Did you notice any um, pandemic influence in the movies you watched? Yeah, there was a theme. Yeah. Uh, there were there was a movie that was made before the pandemic, but it is a pandemic movie. It's yeah. called In the Earth, and it is a annihilation type movie. Where you the go annihilation, into, the movie with Natalie Portman. Yeah, yeah, these two people go into the woods and they're escaping. Well, one's a scientist, one's a ranger, and they're in the city. There's a huge pandemic, and so there's like no one there. It's a very small cast, and it just gets really spacey and kind of crazy. And it's like folk horror, almost like you know the horror you don't see. What the, was this one called? It's called In the Earth. Is it worth watching for people like me? Yes. For he, you, Joel, because you didn't like Annihilation. No, he gave it a B. Yeah. Maybe they did Annihilation right. Mm, it's annihilation without the effects mm. but because it, there's no bear no bear but i actually then what's the point i really liked it because there are they should have called it skull bear there's great annihilation skull bear skull bear i'd watch that movie the, there's crazy people in the woods that are just oh it's horrible but okay. it's really, really it's quite good uh joel i know you had questions on edgar wright's documentary yeah because uh it was about sparks yeah uh, sparks brothers nicholas no. Thank goodness, uh, no. Although I'd, I'd watch there's, that there's too. There's a musical group out there. <laughs> I'd watch Edgar Wright do anything. Yes. So I saw Weirdo Yankovic, because uh, I follow him on Instagram and Twitter. Naturally. Mm-hmm. I saw him tweet out something about how he'd made the cut to this documentary. He's very happy about it. Kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing. Yeah. And it was directed by Edgar. Then I saw it was directed by Edgar Wright. I've never heard of this band. That's the joke. So Sparks is a band. They started in mid-70s and are still going. Mm-hmm. They're a band with very little drama. They're from... LA, but they everyone thinks they're a, like a British band because yeah. that's their style. They there's no real genre they fit into, but I would say they're closest to prog rock. Okay, and so 
Edgar Wright loves this band. And in the trailer, there's a lot of people that celebrities so, that I know talking about how they love this band. The description is it's the documentary about your favorite band's favorite band. Yeah. Because the all the people you know that are popular alternative and rock artists or people from even seventies and eighties are like, Oh my gosh, Sparks, why don't more people know about this band? Yeah. And they're still alive. They're did, just doing their thing. They're just they a drama free band. A hit? They had radio hits. play. They had influential hits for bands. And they had radio play. They were um, on Dick Clark's show, whatever that was, American, American Bandstand, Bandstand, a lot. Uh, very popular in England, which is a lot. Most of the fans there were in England. But the thing is, they just never really broke the mainstream for one reason or another, which they do describe. And it's Edgar Wright. So the editing here is quite fun. Mm -hmm. I'm now, I'm listening to it on Spotify. Like, it, yeah, it is, it is very persuasive. Here's the problem, though. Edgar Wright. Okay. Remember when we did our Doctor Who show and I was like, let me spend an hour and a half talking about Doctor Who and why you should love it. Yeah. I could have done that in 40 minutes and I probably should have, but I, well, I, I think spent, we did do that in 40 minutes because we had a lunch break. Okay. So, maybe. But like, days, yeah. Or me talking about the Snyder cut. I could preach about that forever. This is what Edgar Wright is doing about this band sparks. It's two right. hours, 15 minutes. I wow. Mean, you can tell though, based on all of his whole career, Edgar Wright is a music nerd. Yes. Like, yeah. He really is. And this is his style yeah. all the way. It was just about 20, 25 minutes too long. I was like, I get it, but you don't have to show me every song. And all the concert footage and all these interviews, it spliced together really well, but he just couldn't cut anything here. And he could have easily. So I didn't give this one as high a grade. It was about a B minus. Do you think a, like a Netflix cut might be a little bit shortened? Yeah, but would yeah. they? I Maybe. don't know. Mm -hmm. This is worth watching if you just need to watch everything Edgar Wright and are open to liking a band like this. I actually Because we, we listened to Rush all last year. It's similar enough to Rush. Rush the band. Probably more fun. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's, it was worth watching. But then there were some movies, like there's this one that I saw on day two and I talked to Emily. And day I two, said, how many days were you actually watching movies for? It was up until today. So six, six days you were watching, you were binge watching at movies least four movies a at day. home, six not showering. Yeah. I showered. It was just like in three were in the you morning, watching movies you know, in the shower? <laughs> yeah, basically. Cause you could. Yeah, you really could. And there were a lot Did of you times watch movies in the bathroom. No. Okay. Uh, there were times. <laughs> You really want to know? No. You, you I your left laptop. the door open. I had my laptop open and I just kind of looked out the door. Oh, man. There's no one else there. It's my free weekend. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but there was a movie day two where I was, I was quite excited to see it. It's called CryptoZoo. Yeah. And because we had our cryptid show last year on, right. uh, on Bacon Cell, I was like, cool. I know all about Jeff the Talking Mongoose and more about Sasquatch or mm -hmm. Giant Elephant or Jersey Devil. Like, yeah, Jersey Devil. And I was really excited. And it was about these people who were just quite progressive and they started a zoo to protect cryptids. And I was like, I was really excited. And then the movie starts and Emily already saw it. And I was like, she, gets, she says, you won't like it, but please watch it so we can talk about it later. And I'm like, oh, you would. You would. And the movie starts and it's animated. All hand-drawn. Almost like poorly hand-drawn. Mm. But I was like, wow, is this a feature like film an or a short? Like kind of cartoon, cartoon kind of thing? Yeah, but not as good. Okay. But it, the animation is actually what keeps you watching. So you're like, wow, they really spent an hour and 40 minutes like making this, well, obviously a lot longer, but making an hour and 40 minute movie all hand-drawn. And the movie happens and it's quite rated R. Like quite. I'm talking... Uh, scenes in an hand-drawn <clears throat> animated film. Yeah, quite. There are a lot hmm. characters that are running around completely naked, 
Okay. Uh, and they're instead of I was a little disappointed, and maybe this is just my subjectivity, but the cryptids they showed were not the cryptids. They weren't the Yeti. They weren't Loch Ness Monster. It was more like, hey, hey, Gorgons? Hey, uh, what other mythological beast? Chimera? Do you say Medusa? Cerberus? Yeah, Medusa is Gorgon. And so they have all these mythological creatures, not not mythical creatures. Like it, it was more Clash of the Titans style. Okay. In modern day, but the allegory was is that we people look down on these these freaks of nature, on these mythological creatures, and so it was definitely like a race baiting sort of movie, mm. and it was a lot of people love it. I'll say that a lot of people loved it. A lot of upper you know you know nose in the air critics uh-huh. really really like this. I did. We'll call them Kent. Oh no 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 no. Because I need I need some formula. Kent's nose is like, like a you know forty five degree angle. They're up at the ninety. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Angle. And this was not very good. Will the animation nom- kept me watching. Will it be nominated for best animated feature? No, in but Oscars. it did win an award at the the festival. But most, this is just, most nudity. Yeah, basically most animated nudity. Oh, okay. Yeah, this was not my cup of tea. Yeah, I would you know, easily spit this one out. I finished this movie because Emily asked me to, and so we could talk about it after. Mm. And yeah, okay. So, yeah, and there, there's just a lot of indie stuff where it was just real, nothing happened. And so I will say this, of the 26 movies I saw, I think 25% are really, really good. 50, so a quarter. Yeah. A quarter of the 26 movies you watched were and good. And a quarter. What's a quarter of 26, Kent? It was, I'd say five movies I really liked. Wow. And then half of the movies I saw were okay. Okay. But how, how is that compared to a normal year? Same. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just saw more movies, right? Dude, that's and why then, I don't do the Sundance. And then, I, and then about five yeah. or six were just, in my opinion, terrible. Right. Some I just turned off. And I, I won't review them because I just, I turned off the movie. And I oh, said, mm, well, I can't do it. that's nice. Because oh, you wouldn't feel like you could walk out of a movie does theater, it have right? to be for Kent to turn it off? It's super boring. Oh, okay. Super boring. And then I watched the last five minutes. And I was like, nah, it wasn't for me. That's the other thing you mentioned to me, which I thought mm-hmm. was very interesting, is that you could and you wouldn't review them because it wouldn't be fair. But you could watch a beginning of a movie and be like, I don't think I'm going to like this and skip to the end where mm-hmm. you can't do that at the Sundance Film Festival. No. And you have to sit through the whole stupid thing. But that's so tricky because how many like if I only watched the first like half of Interstellar, I'd have been like, this is the worst. Well, you wouldn't it. because it's brilliant, but it is totally unfair. <laughs> it's that, that's why I won't review these movies because yeah. it's unfair for me to yeah. do that. But you'd still hold that opinion. I would still I would just never watch the movie or even talk about it publicly. Okay. Not to be like, oh, skip this one because the first 20 minutes went nowhere. You know, if I said that about some of my favorite movies, like you said, Interstellar. Yeah, Interstellar, I, I really mm-hmm. legitimately did not like the, right. mo- like the first hour of Interstellar. But, and then the rest of the movie happened, and then it made the first part better. I just worry, however, that a lot of mm-hmm. those 90-degree uppity critic types or other people... I like that uh, that's an actual yeah, would yeah, have, demographic now. That they would have either jumped through a movie like skipped through it and then be like i hated that or watch a double speed or something like that i'll be honest uh last year when i went and there's a critic screening room a theater mm-hmm. where it's just critics from across the world and i saw a few movies there because they're just open you can you have to see movies on their schedule like mm-hmm. they say you know here's what we're playing at this time and i went and there were so many critics on their phones and i said like the disrespect here and granted when you're watching at home yeah your phone's right there and it's such a temptation but you, right. you can't you just shouldn't but even when you're in those critic screening rooms they're probably doing business but they're on their phones and i'm like where is the respect these yeah. filmmakers are making movies so you can talk about them and make spread they buzz they hand drew that nudity for crying out loud <laughs> yeah uh, but no, and so i think there are 
a few people out there that are being a little disingenuous. I sure. Guess, I just think that, you know, with with my suspicion about uh, critics at Sundance already mm-hmm. heightened. Right. This year, it feels like I'm taking all the reviews of The Greatest Salt as well. Because I'm like, well, did you uh, get the viewing experience? Well, and you know this. I talked about this last year. Sundance goggles. Mm-hmm. When you're the first one of 300 people to see a movie, you're like, it's oh, like, what an amazing experience. It's a soft opening of a restaurant. Like, exactly. It's a soft opening of a Zaxby's where you're like, <laughs> this is fantastic. Yeah. And then which, you get it later, you're like, that's fine. Which is why I generally don't give Not A's. A sponsor. I don't give A's on my first viewing. But Coda just won me over. And honestly, making me cry. Like, that's surefire. That's this will be in my top 10 at the end of big. the year. Because that may be the only few movies that I see <laughs> by the end of the year. Yeah, good point. But yeah, that was my Sundance experience. Uh, once again, uh, yeah, it's ShowtimeShowdown.com. You can check out my reviews there. And my final ranking for all the movies I saw. There's a lot going on. But thank you for listening. Bearing with me. Now, we only talked about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine movies. I could go into more. I but want a 10 just to round it out. You want one more movie? One more. There's one movie I could not wait to one see. One more that you wanted to talk about, but you haven't been able to yet. There's one I wanted to see so bad. It's called John and the Hole. And here's the description. It's a coming-of-age psychological thriller that plays out the unsettling reality of a kid who holds his family captive in a hole in the ground. Oh, that sounds dark. Right? And it's a coming-of-age movie. And so this creepy kid, he's about 11, and Michael C. Hall plays his dad, by the way. Oh. And, you, you know, you think he'd be the creepy one, but whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, he he basically puts his family in a hole and lives his life. And you're like, and you could tell this kid's a little disturbed and you're like, Oh man. And there's so many opportunities for this movie just to get dark, but it's more of an allegory about growing up and going out in the world on your own. It's almost like, Hey, it's time to grow up. And I feel all alone because he just kind of lives out. It's not even like I called this home alone, but the kid like poisons his family and puts him in a hole. Uh, But it's, it's just kind of this bland story where it just tried to explain a, a grander theme than it was actually being a movie. Because mm-hmm. he just has his buddy come come over and they play video games. And he just orders like chicken wings. And it's really boring. And the family's in the hole and they're like, what is going on? Save us. Let us out. What is wrong with you, kid? Mm-hmm. And they're like, please, we won't, we won't, you know, put but you away. Didn't if you put the family in a hole growing up as a teenager. Oh, okay. So this is a thing. Yeah. yeah. And it just went nowhere. And this is one of those where I'm like, Sundance, don't let me down. That premise is so cool. And it just, the filmmaker just didn't know what to do with it and just made it like, hey, this is for the child inside all of us that just had to grow up one day. No. Like, no, no. Now, did you, I was going to say, are there any like that are getting buzzed that you didn't talk about or you didn't see like ones that you wish you would have? Nope. I saw everything I needed to, which was great because for me, because I had my pass, granted, I was very fortunate. I could see the premieres when they played. And then I watched Twitter for the buzz and I could see them the day or two after as well. So you don't feel that left out of the And it's on demand for the whole day. Ah. So I saw everything I need to see. There were a lot of documentaries that were pretty, pretty great. But yeah, those were the, those were the like notable ones from like top to bottom. Okay. So there you go. All right. So there you go. We have, there's Kent's review of Sundance 2021. Till next year, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. So we hope that next year's even, I mean, I guess we'll see. Hopefully we'll have seven great movies instead of five or six. This <laughs> <laughs> has been Bacon Sale.
<laughs> is that wrong that I want that experience? To be evil? To be possessed? To, to be Don't evil say that. and exclusive? Yeah, that's you. <laughs> <laughs>